0: How Women Choose to Birth Matters. Born at Home is a stunning documentary film exploring what it takes to have a positive and transformative birth experience. Empowered by the home birth of a second child in 2020, Amanda Banks, together with long-term dear friend Eleanor Curry, set out to create a film exploring home birth in Queensland. With a passion for telling stories about the human experience, their film Born at Home explores the emotional journey of home birth. The film interviews birthing experts, midwives, educators, and shows many a home birth firsthand. We talk to Eleanor and Amanda about the messaging behind the film. We talk about home birth statistics. We talk about the transformative effects home birth can have for some women. And we delve deeper into the reasons behind why more women are deciding to give birth at home. This is a beautiful episode with many insights. A great way to whet your appetite before you see the film. So you know what to do. Pop the kettle on, stir the pans, or get that dog out for a walk as we take you into another episode of The Midwife's Cauldron. I'm Katie James, and this is The Midwife's Cauldron Podcast. Each episode, I'm joined by my incredible co-host, Dr. Rachel Reed. Listen in as we hubble, bubble, toil and trouble our way through aspects of womanhood, midwifery, birth and lactation. So go on, subscribe now and hear us on your favourite podcast host. But just a sec, before we start on this epic episode, if you love the show and want more from Rachel and me... Then head on over to our websites and check out all the courses, books, collectives a go-go. You'll find all the details and occasional discount deals on the old Instagram at The Midwife's Cauldron. Or, of course, in the show notes below. And if you really, really love the show, please consider two things. A single or a monthly donation over on Patreon, or even buy me a coffee And remember, that review you leave on your podcast host really makes a difference in who listens in. Thank you for your support. We just love having you bubbling away with us. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Eleanor from Born at Home Film. I am so excited to have you guys here with us in the cauldron today. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having us. (laughs)
1: So exciting career
2: highlight over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, wait till it's over before you decide that.
1: <laughs>
3: Ever There's the optimist, Rachel? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, it's fantastic to have you both on. I am really privileged that I feel like I've seen the movie or seen the documentary and I get to come and talk to you guys and pick your brains about how this came about. How this conception has been brought into being. And I suppose that's probably where I want to start is really what brought you to this place where you felt the need to make a documentary about home birth?
1: I guess I can start there. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, Amanda, you take this one.
1: (laughs) Just pause in case Eleanor wants to. (laughs) Here we go. Um, So the idea came from a lack of information in Australia on home birth. So uh, I'm a home birth mum, so I've had two children, um, both of them born at home. And the idea really came from my own personal experience of having difficult finding information about home birth. So um, I had my first at home in 2017, and I was really fortunate to find a midwife. I was very fortunate to have some connections Um, to make that an easy, seamless process. Um, and the more I delved into the world, um, the more I realized how difficult it is to access information. So, as time went on, um, I had my daughter in 2020, and she transformed me. As a lot of women um, explain through their birth, she really that birth experience really was a huge rite of passage, and that kind of propelled me into the world of maternity advocacy and I just wanted more women to have that feeling that I had and the best way I thought to do it was to create a film because working on -on one-on-one it just wasn't enough there wasn't enough um, time to talk to enough people Um, the talking to you know the government to try to get publicly funded home birth or policy change it's just too slow so film is such a powerful way to transmit a message um, so I called up Eleanor. So backstory: myself and Eleanor have known each other for, gosh, almost 15 years. So I guess you could say we're close. <laughs> and <laughs> You um,
0: are now. You,
1: you <laughs> are <what we> are.
0: <laughs> That's for now.
1: sure. <laughs> uh, you should see our text message stream. It's just like, hey, bitch, like, do this. Can you do this? <laughs> We've moved, yeah. moved up of um, our friendship and we've moved into, you know, a different dimension. A next
0: level. <laughs> yeah.
1: We're pretty much a couple without the sex. So <laughs> that works for us. Um, so, yeah, I called Eleanor and was like, hey, you know, do you want to make a film? And she just said yes before knowing even what it was, <laughs> <And> <laughs> which I just love that because Yeah. Thank you, Eleanor, for trusting me. And I think (laughs) we had no idea it would lead us here, to be honest. Like we just didn't even dream that it would, it would blow up like this. And yeah, we just had our eyes focused on, you know, creating, you know, a type of resource that people would become curious about what home birth is. And that's all we thought about. We didn't consider you know, the rollout process or anything else. We just wanted to share the information. And um, uh,
3: I also cool. knew that I wanted to make it beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make a beautiful documentary. <laughs> yes. And it My is. Poet. It's
1: funny. The, yeah. the, the, the footage that we have captioned is just, yeah, it's it's really moving. I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud. Yeah. I'm
2: looking forward to seeing it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm making myself wait until the uh, screening.
1: Oh. Well, right, the we've, we've got the IMAX cinema in Kiwana, so you are going to be surround sound
2: yourself. It'll be gigantic. and My head will be massive. It'll be <laughs> massive.
0: That's right. You've got a massive heed, man. We'll give
1: you the daybed. They've got day bed recliners, so you can have one of those to yourself, one for the head and one for the body. fit <laughs> <A> two <laughs> people.
0: Please can you take me with you on a little tablet on Zoom, Rachel, so I can watch your massive heed on the screen.
1: <laughs> but all jokes aside, gosh, the I love your segments, Rachel. They're just incredible and you probably have no idea what you said. But, uh, yeah, you have the biggest remember. fangirl
3: in me. I didn't even know who you were when you, you know, rocked up at my house to very graciously give us, you know, your time with an interview is like oh it's a big deal Rachel's coming and I was just like who's Rachel because I wasn't in that world before we started the film I, I wasn't aware of resources books anything like that I hadn't had my first home birth or anything like that I'd only had a hospital birth so I was just in the dark completely like I like I meant said I just said yes to this project without actually even knowing what I was getting myself into and having like obviously watched you on the screen for the last couple of years while I've been editing away <laughs> and there was just so many. Good moments, like that you said. I wish I could have put them all in the film, but you definitely feature quite a bit because you you must have just such a knowledge inside of you that you know you you shared with us so generously. And I'm just so excited for everyone else to to see it if they don't listen to your podcast already or they haven't got your books. This might be the first time they hear you, and they're just gonna they're gonna fall in love with you. Yeah, Just Yeah, yeah, just like
2: everybody does, I'm sure. I look forward to hearing what I managed to blag at the time. Brilliant. (laughs) I never prepare, so I just kind of, yeah, make things up. And by the way, anyone listening to this, that very nice kitchen in the background is not my kitchen. Like Katie said, oh, you've got a really – looks like you've got a really nice kitchen, haha! but you haven't.
3: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's my kitchen, and it's a pre-renovated kitchen, so it's (laughs) –
2: Oh, Nothing it, it looks nice. much nicer than my kitchen, believe me.
0: <laughs> so now you're here and you're in the midst of launching your documentary. What what are your goals now? Because obviously what were your goals at the beginning with the documentary in terms of, like you've said, you wanted to get this message further out. Has that changed now you're sort of getting this message through?
1: For us, the goal at the beginning was a humble goal i think and for me and i'm probably talking on behalf of Eleanor here was just if we can improve the birth experience of one woman our goal that well, was our goal we just wanted to help you know women to know that they have a choice um of what model of care is best for them so we started with quite a humble goal of just providing information and if one one woman had a better experience then you know fantastic and now i guess as it's just really snowballed I feel like my goal has really expanded in terms of just the the reach of the film so we've had a lot of interest overseas and throughout Australia New Zealand and yeah I just would love to get that message out there that women do have a choice and that home birth can be a safe option for them and hopefully you yeah, just allow them to make more informed decisions about their care and it's not about home birth being the only and the best option. It's it's not about that. It's about informed decision making. So, you know, if someone chooses to have an elective cesarean and they're happy about that choice, then that's that's fantastic. It's it's not a better, better or worse birth situation. It's about women leaving their birth feeling empowered and happy with their choices. So I think we've kind of gone a bit more global now in terms of just looking at, you know, one woman or a couple of women's um improved birth experiences. So that is also extremely rewarding but now i feel like we've expanded um the goals of the film to
2: yeah, yeah. A wider. and i think you've also kind of opened it's not just women who are planning births who are going to watch this film and be inspired it's midwives doulas birth workers seeing for some of them you know the first time they've seen a glimpse of other ways of working of other ways you know other options for women so i think it's got a huge reach Mm.
3: Yeah and I think mine mine might have been slightly different to Amanda's because you know as I said I, I went in without knowing much about home birth but what actually happened for me throughout the process was um, it was quite unique it was quite profound I got pregnant whilst we were doing all the interviews and meeting the families and I got to film a home birth and all these things so I actually got pregnant had originally had uh, hospital birth and it was um, an unwanted caesarean was the result of that one and um, not a very enjoyable experience and so through you know re- reading and watching and editing and and going through this filling process I it changed my mind and when I got pregnant I said I want to do that I want to do the home birth thing so, <laughs> so <laughs> it really sunk in and and I actually ended up um, uh, having one of the midwives that we interviewed and that we had followed as my midwife than to be there at my home birth and I have my daughter um at home and I just thought to myself I just had two profoundly different experiences Mm -hmm. and I know after that first first one I was looking for something else but I just didn't know what else I could go for I didn't know what options were available so if if that did that for me then it you know in my eyes if other people are having that same feeling. They might have had one birth or maybe it's their, their first pregnancy and they're they're looking for options. If they can watch this film and get some kind of feeling like, oh, that's what that is, home birth, I didn't know that was an option, and then, you know, go on their research journey and, and that might help them, then, yeah, how wonderful because it changed wow. me and absolutely changed my life. So for sure it's going to help other women.
0: Definitely. I think that's exactly the point is that you – you know, so many women are in, you know, the worlds that they work in, the worlds that they socialize in, and you have an experience and we're not aware of what we don't know. And so therefore, you know, we're probably surrounded by a whole group of women who have gone through labor and birth into motherhood and have, you know, 100% probably have had a birth in the hospital in the system. And from that, a, a huge percentage of those would have had difficult or even traumatic birth experiences. And then it just feels that the, you know, the conversation is, you know, one way because you're not aware of that there's another option. And so things like a film that can then just start being going round the houses of you need to watch this. I had no idea. This is what's powerful, getting the voices out of other women, getting the voices out of of people like Rachel who can just give a deeper understanding of what's going on. And also I think just lowering this kind of adrenaline and cortisol, lowering our fear level of going. So we're open to a place of thinking, okay, I might find something for me down this path, which might have been yeah. different. It's really powerful.
3: Yeah. I was also thinking it's, you know, you've got a friend or a sister or, um, you know, a loved one who's pregnant and to just say, well, have you thought about home birth is is one thing and they might say, oh, no, it's not for me. But to be able to say, oh, why don't you just watch this film? And then it's not just you saying, it's all of these midwives and doctors that we had, families. So it's, yeah, it's another thing to be able to just shoot a little resource over and 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 maybe that can, you know, awaken something in that person if it's appropriate for them, of
2: course. And I think it might be worth putting home birth in Australia in context, because I know not all of our listeners are from Australia and Australia is unique. <laughs> it's maternity services, um, sometimes not in a fantastic way. So it's a little bit different, like in the UK where you can have a home birth on the NHS. I mean, there's, they've got massive issues with kind of staffing and workload and other things, and it, but it's more culturally normal. So as a midwife in the UK, it's kind of, well, women have babies at home. That's part of the role of the midwife. You don't get to Not do that role. If you're a midwife, it's, you have to be able to do it. Um, whereas here it's very much separated. You've kind of got the hospital systems working and home birth is mostly private. So these are women who have opt out and they don't get information about it from the GP. So they've kind of got to go and find it. You know, Mm -hmm. there isn't that information. There are publicly funded home birth, um, setups happening throughout Australia and increasingly, and we're just about to get one on the Sunshine Coast. Um, You know, we'll see how that goes, because again, it's, it's, it's very much ran from an obstetric standpoint in terms of there's usually an obstetrician who is making the decisions about screening criteria and who gets to have the home birth and who gets risked out. So it's still a very limited number of women. And we have increasing free birth in Australia. So that's kind of the context but to get information about home birth you kind of have to have a sister or a friend say it is an option because the gps are the gatekeepers most women go to their gp when they're pregnant and then you'll be asked have you got private health insurance private hospital or you know off you go to the local public hospital that's about as much discussion as you get
1: yeah and that's why i think the film comes in to play as well because that's that was our experience as well as you know gp Or private, and they're both not options that feel good to me. And um, I'd love, I'd love for some medical professionals to come along and learn more about, yeah, why women are choosing to birth at home because it's not, it's not a hospital birth at home. It's a whole different experience, and you don't know what that means unless you see it. And film is such a great way. It's like a little window into what it's actually like to birth at home. So we have mm-hmm. a lot of beautiful labor footage. We have a very big variety of births, and yeah, all, all different, all different scenarios. So yeah, I think it's great. It's a great resource in that
2: situation. What are the um, stats for home birth? And I probably should know this. What are this? What's the percentage of women who birth home in Australia?
1: Zero um, point three. I think that was twenty twenty. Wow doesn't include free birth rate so that's there's a there's a category hospital home hospital public private home and then there's an other category which includes born before arrival so unplanned home births outside of the hospital um and unclassified so to me that says free birth so you know where does that what's the true number of Mm. home births in Australia I think it's much higher than what's perceived um, in the data at the moment. And it depends yeah. on the state too. It's, it's, I think Queensland is 0.3. Some states are a little bit higher. So very low.
0: Very mm. low indeed. Absolutely. But
1: increasing, increasing, if you look at the trends, the, the, the trend is significantly um, increasing.
2: Yeah, and even just kind of not stats but kind of on the on the ground there's been a huge increase and there's an increase in midwives and yet there's still an increase in women looking for midwives because when I was a independent midwife here on the coast it was like very quiet underground there's a lot of um really experienced birth workers who did a lot of the home births who we kind of often worked with as registered midwives but it was all very much outside the system and there wasn't a lot of women there was enough for us all to kind of keep us going um and it was just starting to increase and then all the changes happened with private practice midwives. And I think since then just talking to midwives who have stepped into private practice, yeah, that, that's, it feels like there's a lot more women choosing home birth.
1: Definitely, and we're seeing that through Home Birth Queensland as well, there's there's a huge increase. And there's more, there are definitely more midwives becoming endorsed. I think COVID was a big push for that too because midwives yeah during COVID and also women that they wanted their partners at their birth. They wanted yeah. a dual life. They weren't able to do that. So that led them along a path to discover that there was an option to birth at home and private midwifery care. Um yeah, if you can afford it, which is in Australia is a is a huge barrier. So in Australia, you know, you're looking at out of pocket between three and six thousand dollars, sometimes more than that. So it's it's a big cost and the financial barrier um
2: Which is crazy because everyone was asking for Medicare. See, I knew this would happen. I'm a negative um, nanny that I am. Um, So everyone was asking for Medicare. We've got Medicare and the out-of-pocket is the same, in fact, more than what we were charging as independent midwives. So women are are paying more now, even with Medicare, than they were before Medicare. So that worked. I was just (laughs) going to ask, and
0: what's the out-of-pocket if you end up with a cesarean section with a private obstetrician? Isn't it similar?
3: We'll be right back.
0: I just wanted to pop into your luggles and tell you about my brand spanking new podcast, The Feeding Couch. This podcast ain't just designed with pregnant women or new parents in mind, but also for all of us working in the space of birth work. This is the podcast where I hand the mic over to a different mum, dad, parent, or even grandparent to take us on their feeding journey. Every story matters. It's often through hearing others' experiences where we find our own inner knowledge, strength, and courage. Listen in to hear the stories told of triumph, challenge, heartwarming, tear-jerking, fist-pumping, and how we each deal with our venture into this new world emotionally, socially, and physically. Whether you're a student, a newbie midwife, doula, lactation exam prepper, or just hungry for more knowledge, these stories will also give you a backstage pass to the Global Lactation Clinic. Whether you're pregnant and seeking information or supporting those on their journey, I can't wait to see you on the couch with me soon. Oh, and a little favour, your reviews on Apple Podcasts mean the world. They're like magic beans that help spread the podcast out for those who need to hear it. Let's make this something amazing together.
1: Yeah, the cost, the private, if you have private health and you choose to birth in hospital and private hospital, it's similar, if not more, to birth in hospital than it is to have a private midwife. And when you look at the level of No one tells you that. No, no one tells you. And people pay these fees to these surgeons looking for a physiological birth, and of course they're not going to get it, but they're paying the same amount with a reduced, you know, chance of having that outcome. So we need more information and, yeah, we, we need more resources.
0: Mm, absolutely. I mean, we've talked on this podcast about if you're doing your, your, um, oh, my God, cut some words, morning, should have had breakfast, um if you're doing your research like it it sounds like uh if you're doing your research for preparation there you go for your birth um you know I think we're so conditioned to just be like the GP's told me okay I've got private health insurance or I haven't depending on what country you're in I'm going to go down this route but even so the fact is ask what those cesarean rates are for if you have a specific oh here we go specific <laughs> obstetrician i'm just going to give up oh my god if you have a specific obstetrician or you're going to a certain hospital you are allowed to ask what's your cesarean section rate mm-hmm. what's your um physiological birth rate that one's going to be hard because you'll have to they won't have that. that
2: they won't have that actually no, they'll just what you vaginal. need to ask is this right. is my golden standard right say what percentage of Women having their first baby go into labor without intervention, labor without medical intervention and give birth without complications or medical intervention, including an episiotomy. That's the number that will tell you how good an institution is at supporting physiological birth.
0: Also, will give you quite a good indication at how good supporting breastfeeding they are or the likelihood that you're probably not even going to run into problems because you've had a physiological birth. Sorry, just had to get a bit of the breastfeeding in there.
1: <laughs> it's so important. You know, when you look at the private midwifery stats, it's like 100% breastfeeding rate.
0: Yeah, what? of course, <laughs> because we haven't really had any complications. So everything's gone physiologically, naturally, Mm -hmm. if you want to use a common term. So why wouldn't the baby feed? And it can be, and if there are problems, then that really is an indication that someone like me as a lactation consultant probably needs to go in because there's probably something else going on that we can then support. But in terms of the physiological normal processes, nothing's disturbed that through labor and birth. So nature kicks in and babies do what they're designed to do and mums respond with them with their you know innate natural reflexes so we tend not to have breastfeeding problems I'm not really needed I wouldn't really be needed if you know everyone was having a physiological birth I'd be out of a no, I think well, I, I think I called happy. you in
2: I think I called you in twice although one of them um, was actually not a, a natural birth yeah true
0: actually yes exactly, exactly. And so they but, had further, you know, issues that needed a more like yeah. like using an obstetrician. And the inter- uh, lactation consultant should be used like an, an obstetrician when there is a medical reason for something greater. Yet we are being needed almost continuously in the hospital environment because of workloads for midwives and because of how we're, you know, what we're doing to birth. Anyway. I digress.
2: Which is interesting because that's when that actually brings up safety, doesn't it? Because mm. really, for me, safety is promoting and supporting physiology, which is birth and breastfeeding and early mothering. That's risk management. But when you bring up home birth, everybody, and you probably got this when you are making the film, everybody gets stressed about the danger and the safety, and everyone's going to die if they're not in a hospital. Yep. Did you encounter 100%. that?
3: Oh, yeah. Like Eleanor yeah. takes <laughs> <laughs> and that actually listening to you describe how you thought safety was which was the woman being so in her power that she knows what's happening within her body she knows she's in labor she knows how the labor's progressing she trusts herself and she'll let you know if there's anything that's not right and if you're needed and when you said that in the interview it was like my favorite quote it was just like ding like just this little light just went on and I went of course like we we are groomed to think that we are not the expert and we're going to need the doctors and everybody in the medical team to tell us are we in labor how's labor progressing is the birth okay uh do I need an intervention you know all of those things when really you are the expert as the birthing mother and if you can really get people on your side and your team your birthing team to help you know really instill that throughout the pregnancy the, the labor just starts and the birth just happens it you know, it's exactly what happened for me as well. And and listening to all the, the women that we interviewed who went on, you know, had a hospital birth to um, compare with and then went on to have their home birth, they said exactly the same thing. You know, they could have done it, you know, by themselves. Some did it by themselves because they were just so in their power. They, they birthed before the midwife arrived. Um, and others said, you know, I could have done it again. That was just, you know. I was so in my power, you know. <laughs> one lady said, "If I had had twins, you know, I could have got another one out." And it was just the best quote, you know, because she just felt so in her power. And
0: I love yeah. that. I love that yeah. quote. I was just going to say it, and you you mentioned it, like she said, <laughs> "I could just do another one." Like right now, it's like, oh, <laughs> God, look at that. That's the theme yeah. that really comes out is that is that kind of that not disbelief, but just this like wonderment of like, oh my God. My, my strength, my power, and I mean, we get lots of messages from from women who've maybe had a really terrible experience, listened to the podcast, then done more investigations and had the birth that they wanted. And that is the continuous theme is that I had the strength, I had the power. I didn't believe it. and now, like I'm this kind of superhero and it's that is incredible to read and it's incredible to watch in the documentary. Because that's what shines through is that, you know, these women who've had difficult experiences and come out at the end transformed, not just transformed into being a mother, transformed in their own power.
3: Yeah. And also what really hit home for me as well um, was that feeling like, you know, I can do anything, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what you're supposed to feel. And that feeling then carries into, you know, those first one, two, three years that are really difficult with the sleep loss and the breastfeeding and everything. But if you come into it, you know, with this amazing, well, oh, I did that, I can do anything, which yes. you're supposed to feel. And then also this connectedness with your partner because you didn't suffer a trauma and you're not holding resentment and blaming them, they should have helped you, you know. And, you know, you're at home and, and you know, maybe the siblings were there as well. I could just, the whole thing from what I'd witnessed with the interviews and everything was just a big uniting event um you know creating this big love bubble that then sends you into motherhood um and just yeah so so beautiful the way it should be and not fractured and not broken and not traumatized you know these women aren't some of the stories that we heard it was you know you know dealing with PTSD and you know this darkness and you know suicidal thoughts and things like that in the first year or two of mothering like Wow. Like imagine having to deal with that. And so many of, of
2: women do. Yeah. yeah. It's not uncommon as we know. No. Well, a third of women describe their birth as traumatic. So it's actually normal to have a traumatic birth, which is crazy when you think about evolution, like we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here if most women needed medical intervention and most women didn't step into motherhood thinking they were perfectly capable of mothering their baby. we we would not be here.
3: Yeah, exactly. Absolutely.
0: Can I ask you guys, so we've talked about some of these lovely moments, but what was one of the most memorable moment from making the documentary? What's really stood out for you?
3: I think for me it would have to be filming the home birth that we did. It was almost straight off the bat when we started the interview, so I wasn't even um, pregnant yet with my second. So, again, I just said yes to Amanda. She's like, great, you know, I've lined up some interviews. Um, we interviewed a mum who was 38 or 39 weeks pregnant and then she went into labour shortly after that and so she, we did the interview with her and I filmed her birth. And filming that birth was one of the most transformative experiences for me and I think probably was the thing that made me go, if I have another one, that's how I'm doing it. Mm. Because it was just this, it was nothing that I thought birth should be because, you know, you watch the movies and the TV series, everything on on TV, on the media sets you up to think that birth is quite... Uh, quite like an emergency mm. <laughs> a lot of screaming it's very hard the woman is definitely not in her power she's wanting it to stop she just wants all the drugs um there's you know doctors who are in control who are going to deliver this baby you know and and save save the world kind of thing yes. <laughs> um but yeah filming this this home birth it was calm it was beautiful um the woman was really in her power she was just in this meditative state she was supported by her partner Um, two midwives were there and um, her son who was 18 months and when the baby was born is born in the water came out was hardly a cry it was just this beautiful calm like eyes starting to open looking up at mum looking at dad closing eyes and And then she, you know, they sat in the pool for a while and then, you know, birthed the placenta and eventually got out onto the couch and there was cups of tea and, um, you know, partner was having a beer and it was just, just, and then she had a shower and it was just like this amazing, calm, natural experience. And Mm. I just, I, if I didn't, I I felt like I had my my jaw on the floor the whole time, just (laughs) amazed that this was what birth was supposed to be. Um, So I think witnessing it. Um, And hopefully that comes through the film because there is quite, there's her birth and there's quite a lot of other births that you see. People will get an insight into that because that profoundly changed me. Absolutely. Mm.
0: Yeah. Mm. And It's like seeing, you know, our, probably the first experience that we had at home birth. I don't know about you, Rachel, but I'm assuming like it's profoundly in my soul because I'd been in the hospital and then got to witness something that was, incredible magical
3: it's magical that's the word that's what i was gonna say yeah Mm -hmm. that's why you can't even compare it's not like amanda said it's not like it's a a hospital birth done at home it's it's a completely different experience it's it's you know you know the level of the soul that's what it feels like whereas i love that you know you're on the surface if you're in the hospital
0: and amanda for you have you got some moments where you
1: yeah i think for me there's probably two and the first one is a collection which is just the vulnerability of the families that we interviewed. So, you know, the level of trust that it takes to let two strangers <laughs> come to your house with camera gear and, and talk about what you experienced, you know, and, and quite a number of these women had a very traumatic birth for their first birth and that's why they chose to birth at home and just hearing their stories like honestly we were behind the camera crying and it's just just to have that level of vulnerability and trust um that was really memorable for me because it takes it takes a lot of someone to be able to do that and to just surrender to yeah what had happened to them and then and then watching them transform through telling their most recent birth story just following along that journey with them that was really really powerful for me and it really cemented why we're doing this because we want more women to feel like that um yeah that, that was that was really significant it's, it really helped drive me through the difficult times uh, of of the three years of creating this this masterpiece and yeah I'm just so grateful that women took a chance on us
0: absolutely yeah, yeah. I think that When you see the outcome, that's you have to keep going back through those moments where you're like, I can't keep going. Three years to make a documentary—it's a long haul. It is a long haul.
1: Yeah, it it took a lot. It's definitely worth it. We're we're so pleased. I, I went to the cinema last week, and the the manager let me watch the film in its entirety on the cinema screen for the first time. And I think that was probably the most, the second memorable moment. It was just seeing this creation that we had we've watched so many times on a little screen and then it's here it is like displayed in front of me with full surround sound. I was, I was sobbing. I was by myself and I had the kids. So they were jumping on the beanbags and I'm at the back sobbing <laughs> and um, <laughs> just lovely. can't believe that we, we, we did this. We, we got through and we created yeah something
2: so beautiful. So, so look, this is the way I kind of look at it in Australia and in kind of well resourced countries is we are at a point now in in time when we have the absolute best of both. You know, we can choose to have our babies at home and away from the medical system. And then if we need help, we have an amazing medical system that can step in and do a really good job of saving mother mothers and babies. And I just kind of, we're missing the point when we kind of start looking at, you know, this extreme or that extreme that we've actually got we're at a time we've never had this before in history where we actually do have both sides we can actually you know have a physiological birth and if it turns pathological we can survive that and our babies can survive that thanks to medicine so it kind of I can't this is the time to have home birth because we have options if it doesn't work we have really good ones.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really hoping it comes across in the film as well. That's something we try to highlight is that some births will need interventions. Mm. You know, some women will actually need to have a cesarean for both of them to survive and be healthy. And that's fantastic. And we're so appreciative of of the medical system that we've got. Um, But we do want people to know that they have a choice. Um, Like you said, there is the best of both worlds. And if we can get you know, that the home birth out there as a choice won't be for everybody, but for those women that are looking for something um, maybe less medical, then they've got that there. And then thank God we've got the other side of things, if anything, you know, um, turns pathological, like you said. So, so you know, we've got um, a little bit of that in the film and hoping that comes through for people as well, just to know that, you know, if you do choose a hospital birth, that's great if that's what feels right for you. But if it doesn't feel right and you're looking for something else, you know, then have a look at home birth and see if that Mm. feels right instead. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If there are midwives who are working in the hospital system at the moment watching this, what can they take from the film that they can put perhaps in their own practice, even within the confines of the maternity system that they're currently in?
1: I think There's a lot that can be taken from watching the film if you're working in the hospital system. I think firstly it's the opinion or how how women feel um, based on the care that they've received because sometimes if you're at a job and you're working and you're just going through the procedures of your job, you sometimes forget that it's a human there that has, you know, this is a rite of passage for them, this is a, a huge moment in their life. So it's an important reminder of how the words you know how you speak to them, the words that you use, how that can impact their birth experience, and then that that travels on for the rest of their lives. So it's an important reminder of yeah you know, the language that you use and you know the care that you give, um, but also just the really basic things you know around the physiology of labour, physiology of birth, and how really basic things can impact a woman's experience. So. You know, for example, having low lights, um, giving them some more space, using water—just um, those really basic, yeah, things that help help women um, with their pain levels and things like that. So there's a lot that can be taken from from the film if you're working in the hospital system. And I feel like we don't—we're definitely not anti-hospital. You know, where we're really supportive of the care when women need it. So it's not. It's definitely not an attack um, on the hospital system. It's really, you know, this is an option. This is an option. Choose what you like.
2: Mm, yeah, because currently women don't even know that there is another option. Mm. So, where can people find your film?
1: So, the best way to um, keep updated with the rollout of the film is to follow us on Instagram. So, it's Born at Home Film. Um, on Instagram, we also have a Facebook page and a website, bornathomefilm.com.au. So we are currently in the process of screening nationally throughout Australia and then we'll be going to, I was about to say Tasmania. <laughs> it's a different country. But Tasmania <laughs> is part of Australia and we will be going to Tasmania. Um, and then we'll be hitting up New Zealand and then we will be coming overseas to Europe, Ireland, and I'm working on some screenings in the US as well. So after a year oh, wow. of screenings, yeah, in the cinemas, then we'll be streaming online um, through our website. So that's that's a long timeline. But this year we'll be screenings all over the world um, through Demand Films and then we'll be, we'll be moving to online next year.
0: And are you guys coming over to Europe and uh, going to the States as well?
1: to get some. Um, <laughs> love to come to Europe. Um, yes, excited, but please, that would be great. <laughs> millionaire sponsor. So this film is completely self-funded, by the way. Yeah. We. Um,
0: oh, actually, I wanted to ask that how you got your funding, but I thought I'd ask it after the podcast. Anyway, brilliant. Good. Go for it.
1: Go. <laughs> all of our own money, and then um, we did get some sponsors at the end to help pay some of our bills. <laughs> So you know, music licenses and classification fees and pay for and, the cinema higher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that kind of. Thing. So we we the, throughout the creation of the film, we are completely self funded. So no one told us what to do. The film is completely our own um, direction, and it was really a direction that the women took us on. You know, their stories, and Eleanor took the stories, and the film just created itself. You know, in terms of yeah what was said in the interviews yeah
3: yeah I would say I would liken it to um listening to what was needed to be put into the timeline next and next and next it wasn't Mm. like we had a big storyboard saying oh we need to hit this um topic and this topic and we're going to use this woman it was literally me going what's next and then listening for divine guidance (laughs) or something like that you know then the muse to tell me what's next and then I'd get on this train of you know two or three minutes would be done and I'd be like oh well that was good (laughs) yeah get up and have a cup of tea and then you know sit down a week later and be like okay what's next and just wait for the next you know inspiration hit to come through and oh yes that's right she did say that and find that clip and you know put it together you guys have
0: just been working on this in your spare time whilst doing other jobs being a mom uh everything else in life being pregnant giving birth yes (laughs) running our own businesses we both
3: each got our own day job um businesses so we each run our own business we each have two children um small (laughs) small children um we've each got a lot of lack of sleep built up um (laughs) and (laughs) some tired partners yeah
2: you see this is what happens when you step out of birth knowing you can do anything
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ah, lovely. You're Right, Rachel. This yeah. <laughs> without those birth experiences, honestly, there's no way I would have even had the confidence to email you, Rachel. To be honest, I, you know, <laughs> just that's birth. It's the power of birth. Being able to just realize that you can do anything, you can just do it. And if someone says no, then they just say no, and you just move on with your life. And that's, oh, I love yeah,
0: that.
1: Birth teaches us.
0: I. Love what you just said. I think that is probably the most perfect place for us to wrap up. The fact that we have brought the, the power of birth into that you can then go on to do anything and even make a bloomin' film is marvelous. It just shows when we are in our strength, what we can achieve. It is potentially endless. I love this. Thank you so much to both of you for the work you've done, the work you're about to do in releasing this. And for coming on and sharing this with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you you so much, guys. So appreciate it. Awesome. I hope you found a few golden nuggety nuggets in the show today. Please don't press pause, but instead scroll on down on your podcast app. Yep, that's it down there and pop a review and maybe a few stars to make our eyes twinkle with glee. For more on breastfeeding and lactation content, head on over to my website where my course is. And for courses and books from Rachel, you can find everything in the links below. So here's the bloopers. What an interview. Seamless. Absolutely, seen this from start to finish with me. AD <laughs> has to edit out my hag moments. You know, what I was looking at was the time, how long we were talking for. I was like, right, fast forward four minutes of that. <laughs> <laughs> Wondering which of my courses is for you? Breastfeeding and Lactation, The Fundamentals, has been designed for everyone working in the birthing field or those on their journey to becoming breastfeeding specialists or IBCLCs. This course gives you seven hours of CPD and is packed with reflective learning, case studies and some, pretty tough at times, quizzes to make sure this stuff sticks. It also means you can meet me monthly in my live Q&A. This is my course that I hope will fill in the gaps that traditional breastfeeding education has left out. I want you completing this, feeling confident to support any breastfeeding or lactation challenge of those in your care. But wait, I have another course called The Feeding Couch, Who's this for? Currently, around 80 to 96% of women decide to breastfeed during their pregnancy, but by just eight weeks after birth, a third to almost 50% of those women have stopped breastfeeding. And of those women who stopped, 80% say they stopped breastfeeding before they wanted to learning about breastfeeding during pregnancy has been shown to improve breastfeeding self-confidence and improve the rate of exclusive breastfeeding in the short and the long term i believe every mum should be able to choose how she wants to feed her baby and for how long knowledge is power That's why I created The Feeding Couch, designed to be watched during pregnancy or for new mums and parents who may be struggling right now with breastfeeding. The content is in step-by-step, binge-worthy whilst pregnant or for those most tired of days postpartum. Totally easy to find exactly what you need and dip in and out when you need a breastfeeding answer quickly. And for you, beautiful podcast listener, there is a 10% discount off both courses when you use the code POD10, that's P-O-D-10, at checkout. To find out more, hop on over to my website, katiejames.site, and have a look at the incredible content waiting for your lucky peepers.